Welcome to the Monday Morning Pastor, a safe place where pastors can be people. My name is Doug Moister, and I'm a pastor in the greater Philadelphia area. And my name is J.R. Briggs, and I serve hungry kingdom leaders who want to grow into who God wants them to be. Doug and I have been friends for about eight years now, and we share the same passion and love to help pastors be healthy people. We're excited about this new venture to serve pastors. Each podcast episode will include a brief topic, a raw, honest, and hope-filled conversation with a pastor to hear their story, and questions and resources for you to cultivate health and flourishing in your life, leadership, and ministry. Ministry is an exciting and perilous calling, and the truth is ministry can be difficult, and Mondays in the life of pastors is one of the most difficult days of the week. So this podcast, published on Monday mornings, is about changing the ministry narrative by providing hope and encouragement on the most difficult day of the week. Welcome to MMP. You know, you talked about how pastors need friends. Um, people have said to me over the past several years, like, what do you need as a pastor? And I said, I need people who don't need me. Yeah. And that's not an offense. Like that's not that we don't want to help people who who are needy and have real needs. Like it is a privilege, but there are times we need to take that pastor hat off. Yes. And we want to, I know the vision here, which I resound and I'm so grateful to be a part of this with you, Doug, um, is to help pastors have that place where they can take the hat off yeah, and they can let their hair down. Yeah. And we're going to talk about all sorts of issues. Um, you know, I think of, you know, depression, addiction, how do we stay uh, healthy, self-care? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, some of these big ones, even how to process and deal with our wounds well. Yeah. Um, how do we, uh, what does it look like to be quote unquote off duty? How do Absolutely. we rest? Um, among many other things, but that every pastor carries ministry wounds and mm. you've got wounds, I've got wounds. We've yeah. got enough of a friendship that we've uh, shared each other's wounds very intimately, yeah. pro- helped process that with each other. So that's been a real, um, real blessing I yeah. think, to both of us. In and that. I've really appreciated the way that you have uh, used, you've seen those wounds as these beautiful opportunities to heal, but also as, the, as these ways to help others. And yeah. I mean, I remember fortunately being part of, of your life as you were writing the book Fail. And mm-hmm. a lot of that, I mean, it was just a vulnerable, raw book, but yeah. so much of what you were doing was kind of like, like sort of the the brainchild before we come to this podcast is this idea of like where do we create safety and like what yeah. is like how how can I be a person my church wants me to be a pastor but you know Jesus was a person he hungered he thirsted he was lonely he cried he laughed he had all the same emotions that we experience and so yeah I mean tell us a little bit for those of us that aren't aren't familiar with with your story tell us a little bit about the wounds that you've experienced yeah yeah I mean we all have experienced wounds of some nature some people come to me and say the church has hurt me well mm, yeah. I don't know a single person where they haven't experienced <laughs> wounds from the church yeah uh, if they've been around the church for some time I think yeah. that's life I don't think that's just the church right yeah. That's people or yeah. sinful uh, human people but yeah, through through ministry wounds that have happened at church in Colorado and even even just some some uh, time over a decade ago here. But um, I know I'm not alone. Yeah. But I felt alone. Yeah. And so from that, we said, how do we steward our wounds well? Mm. And so we created something. You were a part of that first one yeah. called the Epic Fail Pastors yeah. Conference. Yeah. And uh, and that just became a sacred time. We took over this old church that 
failed yeah. and was a, a kind of hole in the wall bar yep. and uh, where the beer was cheap and the food was even cheaper. <laughs> and, uh, and we just descended upon this and just said, whoever wants to come, we're not going to, it's not big and fancy. It's not a big green room with great swag. We're just yeah. going to allow space to allow people yeah. to process their pain in a hopeful way. And that yeah. was really key yeah. that it was, we're not, not going to wrap a nice tiny bow around it at the yeah. end and say, well, you know, all these Christian cliches and, yeah. and Christianese, but instead to say, it's okay to say this sucks. Yeah. This is hard. And then to have a hopeful, hope filled way to pray through it, to help people process, not to fix people, yeah, but to remind them you're not alone yeah, and the lies you're tempted to believe. We're going to help you, um, help to work with you to help you see that that's not the truth. Yeah. And the truth is that this does not define you. You know, a failure is a bruise. It's not a tattoo. Yep. And that the whole point of the gospel is to rescue failures like you and me. Yeah. And the gospel actually exists for pastors too. Yeah, that's, Imagine that. That's wild. That's so wild. <laughs> and so that's, and, and, you know, when we think about this, I mean, there's so many statistics Mm. And I don't want to like go into so many of them, but in yeah, the but I book, think they're important. I they think are they're important. important for us to. I hear. mean, these are just a few that just rattle me. Even years later, to think, um, you know, fifteen hundred pastors leave the ministry for good each month due to burnout or contention mm. in their churches. Forty mm. percent of churches of pastors, excuse me, have seriously considered leaving the pastorate in the past three months. Mm. Eighty uh, percent of pastors report that ministry adversely affected their families. This is their spouse and kids answering this. And the one that just crushes me every time, uh, which I have to go back and just continue to look at because I'm like, how can this be true? But Mm. the stories and the shrapnel embedded in pastors, maybe I shouldn't be shocked. Yeah. For every 20 pastors who go into ministry, only one retires from ministry. Wow. And so in the seminary classes that I help, um, that I teach, one of the questions I ask is, so why are you going to be the one mm. and not the 19? Yeah. What's going to be the difference? And that's a, that's a sobering, it always gets real quiet Yeah, when we bring that up. Yeah. Uh, and so I know the vision that you have and we have together on this is that we want to see that number yeah. grow, Yeah. not for, or actually shrink. Yeah. For the 20 pastors want it to be for every three or four pastors yeah. Yeah. Uh, One, whatever it is, we just want to shrink that, uh, to make it a less devastating statistic. Yep. It's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. And, and I think there's such a, there's such a hard fact in there. And, and I, you know, I, I wonder when we start to think from that perspective on how we long to end our time in ministry, like I feel as if for you and I know one of the most biggest, uh, people that have helped us think through that is Eugene Peterson yeah. in terms of the way that he yeah. looked through uh, ministry as this long obedience in the same direction. And JR, I know you are really blessed to have uh, an intimate relationship with Eugene and to mm-hmm. know him over the years and yeah. to to spend time with him. And, and yeah, I mean, I feel like there's something about that that is so important for us to understand. And I mean, you know, knowing Eugene, like, how do you, how did he speak about sort of the state of pastoral ministry yeah. in the times that you've had to be with him and chat with him? Yeah, I mean nobody has influenced me more in my mm. pastoral imagination than Eugene. And I think the first thing uh, he said that we are so image conscious as pastors and as churches in North America today, we are anxious. Yeah. And we're frenetic. Yeah. 
And he said, we just don't know how to rest. Mm. And one of the things he said to me, he said, you're, you as a church planner starting out, JR, like you have no schedule. Yeah. Therefore put Sabbath in as the first thing Mm. and then build the rest of your calendar around it. He said, you actually have a built in benefit from Mm. the beginning that most pastors entering established churches don't have where there's already an existing expectation of how you spend your time. Yeah. He said, he said, work from rest, don't rest from work. And just flipping that. So that idea, he beat that into my head, that idea of rest well. And, and, uh, you know, he has this great quote. I don't, I don't have it with me here, but he says, um, you know, the biblical fact is there are no successful churches. Yeah. There are, however, churches scattered all across the world that gather together and the Holy Spirit does his work in them. And it's a, a, bunch of people who are sinners, one of yeah. those sinners being pastor, pastor, whose wow. job is to help people pay attention to God and respond appropriately. And he said, and that is being abandoned in spades. In spades. Yep. And so I know you and I yeah. want to take that same spirit yeah. into this podcast here, Absolutely. which also reminds me of a passage that we talked about, even I think the first time we started talking about potentially working in ministry together was yeah. at Starbucks. At the Starbucks. And we talked about <laughs> Matthew 11, 28 through 30 in the message, which continues to wash over us and yep. inform what we're doing. And that's uh, where Jesus is talking and he says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me, get away with me and you'll recover your life. Mm. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Mm. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Mm. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Mm. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. And every time that passage is read or I share that with someone else, my first thought every time when I get to the last word is, JR, do you believe that? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then to pastor whomever, do you believe this? Yeah, because that is the crux of pastoral vocation. Yeah, that's not only available to the people we minister to. Yeah, it, it actually is available to us. Yeah, and that's such a hard space for pastor. I mean, I, I remember a few years ago having this crisis moment in my own life as a pastor, recognizing I am so quick to provide that for someone, but personally, I it's it's yeah. just. It's like the Lord was standing there like, no, 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 this isn't, no, that's for them. For you, it's work hard, you know, slave away, stay up late, do this, do that. And, and that's one of the lies it is. that we're yeah. tempted to believe. And I'm yeah. really excited that I mean, we can almost make our own hashtag or even own feature <laughs> on each podcast. Yeah. But what are the lies we're tempted to believe oh, yeah. when we're exhausted? What are yeah. the lies we're tempted to believe when we feel like we're a failure or when other people tell us we're not meeting up? matching up to their expectations. So yeah, that's a big lie that we're tempted to believe that the gospel's fully available to everyone else. And if there's leftovers, it might be available to me. It might be okay. Yeah. And it's a lie. It is a lie. It's a lie. So hopefully in this, in this uh, podcast, we'll be able to identify some of those lies, talk about them because naming things has a way of changing things. There's a power behind naming things. Absolutely. Yeah. Now I know a lot of people talk about church growth, Doug, and, and I know we want to turn down the volume on church growth to turn up the volume on church and leader health because healthy things uh, grow. And I know the current pace that most pastors operate at are simply unsustainable. Yeah. And we want to give a hopeful alternative vision to say you don't have to do it that way. Yeah. So what are some ways in which you 
hear that dominant message mm-hmm. of you've got to work faster and harder. I know another lie that I'm tempted to believe is if you're not busy, yeah. you're not being the pastor you should be. Yeah. And so I'm not, or I'm not tired enough yep. or it shouldn't, ministry shouldn't be fun. It should be really hard all the time. Yeah. And so what are some other lies you're tempted to believe? That's sort of the negative question. And then part B, what are ways you seek to cultivate healthy thinking and even healthy living um, knowing that you as a leader have to be healthy over the long haul if your church has any chance of being healthy yeah. over the long haul. Yeah, that's a that's a great question. I I think I mean I feel like some of the ones that you hit on definitely are are ones that I, I struggle with, but probably at this at this point the the lie that really seems to stick out is I have to be relevant. Mm. You know, like if huh. I'm not hitting on all these different things and if I'm not fully up on the political conversation or the conversation on gender or the conversation huh. on this or that or the other thing, then 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 what I have to say isn't really that important. Huh. Yeah. It's almost like and and I think what I've been noticing is is it is important to be up on those conversations to a point, but I want to know what God's heart is. And mm. so I think what I've been recognizing in my own soul is this way of sort of praying through the news instead of like just having it sort of that's bombard good. me and recognizing like, that's you know good. what, some of this is like really heavy stuff. But I think too, so that's one, I mean, you know, the the, the needing to stay busy. Uh, one of the things actually you you shared with me is, is this idea of uh, having a uh, things on your schedule that just don't move. And so my Mondays uh, are days when I feel the biggest pinch to be very busy, but I realize I'm so depleted that I can't be yeah. busy with people. Yeah. And so I have a standing rule that I don't meet with anyone on Mondays yeah, that's good. from, from my work hours of nine to five. And it is like the, it's, it's the healthiest thing I've placed into my schedule oh, that's because then I can fill up, you know, there's like this, the Lord is able to kind of do his work in me while I read. I mean, I do meet with people, but most of them are dead and old and in books so or podcasts and things like that. Sure. Hopefully um, they're not dead on podcasts. Yeah, that'd but. be kind of weird. Yeah. Yeah. I found some new ones. So, um, but yeah, I, I think too that, that you mentioned the other day, uh, this picture that you saw. Yeah. Can you talk about that? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a beautiful picture of health. Yeah. My, my friend, Alan Fadling, who's out in California, he, he runs a, a great ministry on making sure leaders are healthy. Ooh. And he wrote a book called The Unhurried Leader mm. and, uh, and and then also The Unhurried Life. And he and I were on a Zoom call together and I behind him was a, was a picture and he began to explain it. He had an African friend uh, from Africa who actually painted this for him and then shipped it over. Um, and on it um, was a picture of a pitcher, a cup, a saucer, and a plate. And I had him explain it to me. And he Mm. said, this is the image of ministry. Yeah. He said, God is the pitcher who pours into me. He said, I am the cup. And so when things fill my cup and Mm. spill over, uh, they spill over into the saucer and the saucer are the relationships and those close to me, family or close friends. And then when the saucer gets filled, it then spills over onto the plate, which we often use the phrase, like, I have a ton on my plate right now. So it's my work schedule, my mission, the people I invest in, et cetera. And he said that the order of these is absolutely crucial from 
pitcher God to cup me, to saucer my close relationships, to then my plate, mm. what is scheduled in my ministry and leadership and life. Wow. Um, and if we get those out of whack, our life is going to be in disarray. Our ministry is going to be unhealthy, um, maybe not right away, but yeah. it'll eventually catch up to us. Yeah. And so that image was a beautiful image of pitcher cup saucer plate that yeah. I know that we want to make sure that we enter into that same sort of order and posture. Yeah. As we talk through this, um, you know, on this podcast. So. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's really beautiful. And even realizing, you know, our, our, our goal for this podcast is not to fill up your plate. Yeah. Right. Our goal right. is to just fill up your cup, man. Yeah. Like we want, we're hoping that the encouragement and the different things that we're able to talk about over the course of the time that, that we have the podcast is just an encouragement and it fills the cup up. Um, and JR, it's, it's interesting because, you know, some of you may be thinking, well, it's Monday morning pastor. And I know JR stepped out of pastoral ministry a year mm. ago. Like, why are you here? But, uh, JR, I, what I've appreciated about you is you've sort of taken a, a meta pastoral position in terms mm. of pastoring pastors. Yeah, yeah. And so you're part of, uh, you know, you, you founded uh, uh, Kairos Partnerships, uh, you know, years ago, and, and you've been really working at um, pastoring pastors. So do you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Yeah. So 15 years in ministry mm. now, different shade of ministry, different yeah. expression of it. Uh, so when people are trying to understand what I do now, I say, well, it's basically, I moved from being an ER doctor to now mm. working at a teaching hospital. Yeah. So I'm helping teach and equip pastors to be in the ER. Yeah. And, uh, and both are important. We need both, but I just love the role that I'm in, in this sort of teaching hospital of ministry uh, concept. And so I just love to have my thumb in a lot of different pies. And so yeah. there's a lot of expressions of that, but I just want to help hungry kingdom leaders get better. Mm. And sometimes that's better as in I'm unhealthy. I want to get better. Yeah. Or it could be, I'm doing well. I just want to be even better. I want to yeah. steward what God has entrusted to me and be sharper yeah. and to be healthier and to be more sensitive to the Holy Spirit, to yeah. care for people. So, um, yeah, so that's through coaching. We do consulting, uh, speaking and writing, anything that will equip and build up leaders. Yeah. Um, I love the phrase you use, like kick up good kingdom mischief. Yeah. And so like, that's yeah. part of it too, Yeah. but of, of helping hungry kingdom leaders. Yeah get better. And, yeah. uh, and that's, that's, uh, so crucial because I, I asked three questions that helped me found Kairos partnerships. Who pastors the pastor, mm. who shepherds the shepherd yeah. and who leads the leader. Yeah. And when I looked around, I said, there are a few, but there are, there are precious too few yes. and there need to be more. Yes. And I really sense God was saying, I want you to be a part of that. And yeah. you do this too. But I think it's Psalm two or Psalm three, where it says the Lord is the lifter of our head. Yeah. And there was a moment where the Lord made it very clear, JR, I want you to partner with me yeah. to help lift people's heads. Yeah. And, uh, and it's not me doing, it. I'm partnering with God. He's taking the lead on that. But of, you know, that idea of seeing someone with their head down, their chin down, their their shoulders sinking, to but to have some some word or some yeah. uh, involvement in their lives to be able to just yeah that head lifted yeah um, because I think there's just too many pastors who are discouraged and down yeah. and disappointed and hurt and lonely and don't know where to go and it's such crucial work I mean if I if we were the evil one yeah. And we wanted to bring down a church or we would want to minimize its impact for the kingdom. Yep. What would we do? We'd go after the pastor. Uh, every time. I would. Yeah. Every single time. It's easiest. And so <laughs> I can do that in a lot of different ways. Yeah. Through immoral 
ways and scandals, yeah. or I can just slowly wear down pastors and yeah. slip little tiny lies. Not the big ones, because the big outrageous lies are unbelievable. Yeah. Like you said, that's crazy. That's not true. Yeah. But it's the little lies, even the truth plus or minus 15%. Yeah. Those like are the dangerous that's, ones. That's the dangerous yeah. ones because they're really tempting. Yep. Be, because the worm at the end of that hook actually looks really good. Yeah. And it's juicy. Yeah. And um, and the truth is ministry is hard. I bumped into a guy when I was speaking down at Asbury Seminary, and um, he just said something in passing, and I wrote it down. I never forgot it. He said, leadership is lonely. Ministry is fragile. Real fruit takes time. And he was a pastor for many years. And, yeah. and you could tell he was just beat down by that. I would add one final line to that. Leadership is lonely. Ministry is fragile. Real fruit takes time, but it's still worth it. Mm. It's still worth it. And yeah. I think if we lose that last phrase, yeah. we're done. Yeah, we Because are. it's about hope. And if we lose hope, we're done. Yeah. And and that's so crucial that we, you and I are going to be talking about raw things, yeah. but it has to be saturated in hope. Yeah. Yeah. This is not just the uh, the complain about how hard ministry is space. It's it's how do we learn from our our scars? How do we learn from our wounds? And, and how does that actually produce something good? Uh, you know, I remember having a conversation, um, one of our guys uh, in the church that I, that, you know, that I pastor, uh, he's been really big on this, this concept about what does it mean to to, to take these bumps and bruises in life and ask the question of how is this going to make me, uh, what might God be forming in me through this particular mm. thing? And, yeah. and I just love that idea of, of as pastors, we, we actually get a chance to be in the forefront of watching that. It's like a miracle happen right in front of our eyes uh, all the time. And sometimes it's really difficult too, and it doesn't happen the way that we hope. But I love that idea of seeing how yeah, it's worth it. At the end of the day, to see, you know, to, to realize that we partner with angels who are doing backflips in heaven over the fact of people making decisions to follow Christ or people moving into deeper intimacy with him. Yeah. I mean, that's that's the kind of work that I that's what keeps me going on Monday. You yeah, know, it's like, yeah. I may want to run away and hide and drive a four. Actually, I've always wanted to cut wood at Home Depot because <laughs> I just cut a little longer. That's your fantasy? Yeah, that's my fantasy. That's your Monday you know? fantasy? Yeah, yeah, just be the woodcutter in the back. It sounds awesome. Some uh, people, it's drive a bread truck. Some people, it's cut yeah. wood. Uh, I remember one story of an old season pastor, um, well, a young pastor who was sitting with a an old season pastor and he said, hey, do you ever on Mondays, like just, just wish you could just, quit your job and like ride around and <laughs> deliver bread and drive a bread truck. And he looked at him. He's like, no. And he goes, oh man, he just felt terrible. Like, oh my gosh, here's this like story. Yeah. Like, and he goes, I don't, I don't picture driving a bread truck. I, I picture quitting my job and driving around cutting a golf course <laughs> greens. And he's like, oh, so you feel yeah. it too? He's like, yeah, ministry's yeah. hard, man. Yeah. And I just love that story because yeah. he was so thrown, but he realized, no, it, it's exactly what he was yeah. feeling. And no, the bread truck's wrong. It's cutting grass. That's good. That's but, so you know, good. Yeah. And we, that idea of being raw and honest, Yeah, but at the same time, balancing it with hope yeah, and wanting to find raw and honest, but hope filled in balance, that delicate yeah. balance, that dialectical tension, yeah. you know, yeah. of, of making sure that that's there and that, yeah, it's not just yeah. a time to come on and complain about life yeah. or ministry in the church, although there are appropriate yes. spaces to vent. And this is and a safe place those. to do that. Yeah. yeah. But it's also in, an, in addition to acknowledging the pain to remember that the hope of the good news of Jesus 
is still present. Yeah. And one of the phrases I love to say is because the tomb is empty, the pressure's off. Yep. And I yep. need to remind myself that all the time. Yeah. Because I, I love to worry. It's like a hobby. I think I could major in it in college. <laughs> um, but I, I love worrying. And so I just need to remember this is not all up to me. Yeah. And so as pastors, we just have to remember, you know, if, if, if I'm in charge of this church, I better hurry up and get moving Yeah. because there's too much to do and I'm falling behind. Yep. But if Jesus is the head of this, of his church and even the local church, yeah. then I can actually slow down and I can relax and yeah. I don't have to worry. Yeah. And that's a beautiful thing that I forget all the time. Yeah. But it's a beautiful thing when we live into it. Yeah. That's what free that that's what the uh the passage that you read earlier looks like, right? Yeah. I mean, that's yeah. what that's exactly and that phrase that you and I love is the unforced rhythms of grace. Yeah. Isn't that a beautiful yeah. phrase? Yeah, it's 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 beautiful and it's striking because it also brings you to the space to realize God doesn't need me. To lead this church, <laughs> but he chooses to work with me. Yeah. And like, that's such a, I think sometimes we, there is this moment, sometimes we take ourselves just a little bit too serious. We yeah. have to remember like, you know, he doesn't need me to do mm. this, but mm. he's excited to work with me in this. And he's, yeah, I mean, I remember vividly hearing people say in the past, like, it's God's church. It's not yours, Doug. You know, it's mm. not yours, JR. It's not this. It's it's God's church. And, yeah. and he loves it a heck of a lot more than we can. Yeah. Which is hard to imagine sometimes, but yeah. he does. It, yeah, he, he absolutely does. does. He does. And yeah, I mean, it talks about uh, Eugene Peterson co-wrote a book with Marva Dawn called The Unnecessary Pastor. Ooh. On that very idea yeah. of like, God actually doesn't need us. Yeah. He graciously extends the invitation to us to partner with him, to pastor a congregation of people mm. again, as we're all sinners, including the pastor. Yeah. But yeah, the unnecessary pastor, which is like awesome and like horrible at the yeah. same time. Cause I want to be necessary. Yeah. I want to be relevant. Like yeah. you said, you yeah. know, that's yeah. a temptation, yeah. but that's really the truth. Yeah. And, uh, and that's available to us is this unnecessary role. Yeah. This sacred, beautiful calling. Yeah. We're invited into. as great as conversations are, we yeah. want to provide even a little bit more than that. And yes. so we're going to have a chance to, to converse, but we also want to have guests on the podcast who have wrestled through some of these yeah. harder issues, yeah. either have learned a lot through some of their failures or difficulties or loneliness, or they have modeled that well. Yeah. And we want to share their story. We want to yeah. steward their story to make sure that, th that others get a chance to hear what is a life rooted in health and healthy practices, yeah. what that looks like. And so we'll interview some guests and then we'll unpack that and be able to um, tease out a lot of the things that they shared. But we also want to leave listeners with three to five questions to be able to ponder for self-reflection, yeah. yeah. which is going to be really important to just say, after the conversation is done and the podcast ends, how can we leave listeners with some questions to ponder themselves with their spouses or families, their friends, maybe their elder teams or yeah. other friends as well. Yeah. So. Because we really want this to be a resource to yeah. folks and we don't want this just to be another thing. Oh, that was nice. But to actually say, what might we take away as pastors? Well, and maybe not even as pastors as a person, as what might persons, I take away yeah. as a person, That's good. you know, to take the pastor off and to say, Whoa, this is killing my soul. Yeah. Like, or man, I need a sabbatical or yeah. Holy smoke. Sabbath 
I don't even know how to spell it, but it sounds good. And maybe <laughs> I should try that. Yeah. Um, that's but, good. And yeah, and I appreciate that, that the, the three questions to, to, to reflect and to ponder on. Um, and even, you know, some of the, the topics that you and I have brainstormed about in terms of some interviews and I'm really looking forward to interviewing retired pastors yeah. and asking them yeah. questions of like, how did you do it? You yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> what are you drinking? How did you make yeah, it? <laughs> exactly. How did you make it? How do you take your yeah. drink? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And those three to five questions that we leave listeners with, you mentioned resources. We also want to make sure that we give some one or two practical resources yes, to say, yes. if you want to take this even further beyond just a podcast conversation or episode, how can we do that? And so we want to do that. And so even as we close this episode, we want to leave our listeners with three questions uh, and two resources that we have. And then yeah. also even one cool opportunity for a free resource. I love this opportunity, yeah, by the way. Yeah, me too. Super so, pumped. Uh, but here, here uh, as, we, as we close here, here are three to five questions we want to leave you, the listener. And we're going to assume you're a pastor if you're listening to that. But even if you're not, these yep. can be relevant for you as well. Um, and the first one is this. When have you been at your healthiest mm. as a pastor? When have you been healthiest? Is there a time, whether it was two months ago, whether it was two years ago, or maybe admittedly you say, I have never been healthy yeah. as a pastor. That's yeah. an important question. Uh, second one, we, you and I have talked about this, Doug, yep. but what lies have you believed or are you currently believing about yourself, about God, about the church, or, or even about other people? Yeah. Um, and uh, this this next one, you know, this comes up a lot when, I, when I'm coaching pastors and it's kind of in four parts, but where are you thriving? Where are you struggling? Yep. What's confusing and what's missing? Yeah. And I just use that as a diagnostic tool a lot to just say, yeah, what? And if I get to like, where am I struggling? I go, that's what I'm stressed about. That's yeah. why I'm anxious. Yeah. You know, or that's what's confusing. Maybe I need to lean into that more. Yeah. I need to pray into that. Or maybe I even need to research some of that. Yeah. Maybe that's where I need to direct my prayer yeah. in the season. It's it feels like that's that's a trajectory changing question that yeah. could just yep. help kind of ping you in a direction that's so much healthier and in better space. Yeah. 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 And then the the fourth one, the fourth question here is what is the one thing? Not five things, not thirteen things. What is the one thing? that you as a pastor can do in the next week that would help you be healthier and more open to to God and who he is. Mm. What is the one thing? That may mm. mean starting something small or new. It yeah. may be stopping something, a to-don't list item. Yeah. It may be spending time in prayer or four minutes in a journal or yeah. asking someone else in great vulnerability, will you pray for me or mm. for my marriage? Mm. Or maybe the most spiritual thing you do this week is take a nap or to take a risk and go for a run. Beautiful uh, things. Yeah, yeah, beautiful things. So good. But what is the one thing that you could do in the next week that would help you be a healthier pastor yeah. uh, and don't overthink it. Don't make it big, make it real ridiculously practical. Yeah. That, that I think, like. And I think that's, that's so important. You said that JR, because it can, sometimes I feel like when we're confronted with questions like that, we're like, Oh, I'm going to read the Bible. I'm going to do this. I'm going to wake up at six, you know, do yeah. one, do yeah. one thing. Just take, one small take a nap. thing. I love yeah. that. Thank you for giving permission to take a nap today. <laughs> sure, man. Yeah. The sermon Spiritual will get sleeping. done regardless. <laughs> <laughs> and then the two resources, I mentioned the, the first one already from Alan Fadlin's book. We mm. highly recommend yes. the unhurried leader. Fantastic book. Yes. I uh, couldn't recommend it more, especially in this first podcast of setting the trajectory. And we're yeah. going to see if maybe Alan would join us 
us uh, for a podcast, yes. uh, he would be uh, just great because that's exactly what he, yeah. what he does. And then the second resource we want to give you, I'm going to list 10 areas, 10 areas in the life of a leader. And this is a tool that we use when we work with pastors uh, where we encourage them beside, uh, next to each one of these 10, an arrow pointing up, an arrow pointing down sideways or diagonal, yeah. how would you just quickly assess, is this area, I'm trending up in this area, or yeah. man, this is really a rough season for me in this area. So let me list the 10 mm. and then share that again. So the 10 areas in the life of, of of a leader, and in this case, a pastor or a kingdom leader, your spiritual life, number one, number two, intellectual, three, emotional or psychological, four, physical, five, marital, six, parental. And again, this won't apply to everybody, but many pastors, seven, social, eight, vocational, nine, avocational, or your hobbies, mm. and then lastly, financial. And so in these 10 areas, um, just jot those on a piece of paper, think about yeah. those, put them on the notes section of your iPhone, whatever it may be, and think about, is it an arrow going up? Is this area struggling? Yeah. Or am I just kind of, eh, just yeah. kind of so-so? Or am I trending and, up or down? Yeah, am yeah. I trending up or down? Just yeah, as a way of good. just identifying yeah. where am I at now, which may inform where I need some help or prayer yeah. or involvement or encouragement. Yeah. So, And for those of you that aren't really good uh, listeners and writers at the same time, you mm -hmm. can find uh, the questions and the resources in our show notes. So make sure you check those things out. And I'm really excited about our, our last... Uh, our free resource. Cause if you're going to start something new, you should be able to give something away. So <laughs> for the first 25 folks uh, who write a review uh, on the Monday morning podcast, Monday morning pastor podcast uh, on iTunes, uh, you, you will receive a free copy of JR's book fail. And so write a review, post it on iTunes, and then email uh, jane at kairospartnerships.org uh, with your name and address, and we will get that book out to you ASAP. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know, it just we'll spell Kairos for you. So it's, again, post a review and then email my assistant Jane, and it's jane at Kairos Partnerships, K-A-I-R-O-S Partnerships, plural. Dot org. Jane at kairospartnerships.org. First 25 people, we write a review, send us your address, email us, send us your address, and we will ship that book out to you. So we're really excited about jumping on this journey with you all. We're looking forward to having a chance to interact with uh, with you through uh, email and different things like that. But we're grateful for this space where pastors can be people. Yeah. Looking forward to this, Doug. This yeah, me too, JR. Not only fun, but I think it's going to be formative and significant and impactful in the lives of pastors. Yes, it will. We'll see you next Monday. 